reminder what it's uh, one day. <clears throat> Do look forward to that day. And uh, I forgot to mention, too, um, that after, after the service, we have a, a devotional. Um, some of you use this, and we have those available. So if anyone wants one of those, we will uh, have those at the door, ushers, when on the way out. So you guys can grab one of those. And then also I forgot to announce, too, we have our uh, picture directory. If anyone hasn't gotten one of those, uh, we do have plenty of those, so you can grab one of those. We'll, have make, we'll make sure the guys have some of those ready for you uh, on, on the way out. So you can take your Bibles to Psalm 37, Psalm 37 today. <clears throat> Just grateful for each one of you being here today, and and uh, <clears throat> really got lonely in here uh, when we didn't have anyone in the service except for our cameramen. So they were a lively group, though our camera guys were and our sound guys. So appreciated that. But uh, anyway, so <clears throat> just pray that things will continue to progress where we can just move on with our lives and pretty much have. Uh, that's one thing I love about Morgan County in northeastern Colorado. We're just a bunch of stubborn characters and let's just, uh, there we go. Oh, I heard that. <laughs> so let's just continue to, to live the way God wants us to live and let's uh, tell others about Christ. He is the answer. And there's a lot of people in this world that uh, don't understand that, and uh, they just need to know the truth. We need to tell them the truth that Jesus is the answer, and uh, all this junk that's going on in our world that definitely isn't the answer. The the riots, the you know the the false accusation of uh, uh, all of us that are you know. I don't know, I probably shouldn't get into this, but I am. I, I'm not going to apologize for how God made me, nor should you. I don't care who you are, and I don't care what color you are. God made you, and you're made in God's image, and praise the Lord for that. And, and we, need to, we need to learn to get along and get past this, this trivial junk about uh, uh, the, the racist and, you know, anyway, I, I just... You know, I think, I think that I do believe that the majority of Americans are, are, are decent individuals. They're all sinners, and they need a Savior. Everybody needs a Savior. We all sin and come short of the glory of God. I understand that. We all need to trust Christ individually as our Savior and find that forgiveness through the cross of Christ and through the cross of Calvary. And, but uh, there, are, there are those that are making all kinds of money and, and power over this uh, uh, racism that, that uh, is supposed to be rampant everywhere. And, and I'm not going to apologize in our church for something that we're not doing. And, and it doesn't even, and I don't really care if the ministerial uh, assassination of Fort Morgan wants me to be involved in that. I'm not going to. And so... They can get on their knees and beg for forgiveness for something that they didn't do, but I got enough of my own problems. I don't need to take somebody else's. And anyway, I, I just find it, I find it sad that, uh, that we have gotten to that. And, and I, that's all I need to say, but all of those characters in their pulpits today that, that just uh, are, are doing this kind of thing, all I can tell you is preach the word. Go back to the Bible, go back to the basics, go back to what saves people, and that's the very present gospel of Jesus Christ, and then after the gospel of Christ, then do your best of your ability to take God's word, word for word, you know, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, and explain what the Bible says, and, and quit thinking that we're some psychiatrist or psychologist or or some character that you come here to, I, I, I don't know, to, to, to uh, feel good. I'm, I'm sorry, but you're probably not going to feel very good when you come out of here 
unless you repent and get things right with God and then walk out of here with the burdens released and given to the cross of Calvary and then as a believer walking with God and doing the things that he wants you to do. If that's the case, you will feel better and you will be doing the right thing. But otherwise, if you want to continue to live in guilt and shame and and, and you want to have anger and you want to have bitterness and you want to have the anxiety and all of those things, well, there you go. You just continue to have it. And so, um, but, but there's not a pill that's going to cure what's going on in your heart. It's going to have to come through the blood of Christ. And so, and so we need to, to get to that. And, and that brings us to Psalm 37, which we have been in for quite some, I think I've set a record on being in one Psalm for as long as I have. And we're only probably going to get through verse 11 today. And and then I, I that's that was the goal from the very beginning. I had titled this passage, True Peace, and started this all the way back in February when things were just, you know, we were just hearing of all of these things and, and things hadn't gotten to the chaotic place where they are today and, and, and just preaching on true peace and and it and it's just I, I don't know it's just morphed into something more as we as as we get into this and and I, I'm still dwelling on maybe we'll just stay in Psalm 37 and continue to look at the rest of Psalm 37 because there's so much in here but uh, we'll we'll deal with that we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. we just got to get through verse 11 today and so we're going to do our best so we're going to start with verse nine and and we're we're seeing the. Uh, we're seeing the third part of this, uh, and if you guys are an outline person, I have the outline there given to you, but the Roman numeral one was the evildoer's reward. That was in verses one and two, and, and under that, we had verse one and the letter A was a believer's attitude, and verse two was letter B, a believer's reminder, and then we had Roman numeral two, and we spent a lot of time on this, but... It is a believer's reminder, and, and or I mean the peaceful believer. That was Roman numeral two. And the peaceful believer is verses three through 11. And, and as we take these commands that God has given us, that, that he replaces the, the turmoil and he, and he replaces all the things that characterize that which is evil and, and replaces it with, with the what we could say today, the fruit of the Spirit, and, and truly would uh, uh, use us and, and give us such a peace that, that, that we can show that in our lives. And as we experience that peace, we can share it with others and tell others about the peace that God gives us. And, and it was through there that we had the 11 commands, verses 3 through 8. We had those 11 commands that God has given us. And I, I know that they're listed there for you in your in your little insert, and, and it, I think it's good to keep that. I think it's good to, to be reminded of those things that God commands us and, and tells us that we ought to be doing. And, and remember, he, he repeated that one three times, that fret not thyself. Stop burning with anger. Stop, stop letting your anger take over and, and, and dictate to you how you are acting and, and the things that you say and and. And we know that he repeated that three times because God, of all people, knows human nature better than anyone and understands us more than anyone else could. And, and so uh, such a reminder to fret not thyself. And, and, and we need to remember that uh, uh, don't, don't let it lead you in any wise to do evil. And, and it just seems so often that we're in such a battle right now. And, and I, I tell you, I can't. I just can't watch the, I just can't watch the stuff on the news. I, I can't. Uh, I I saw one the other day where someone got uh, was all they were doing was trying to protect their business and got pulled out onto the sidewalk and beaten with a two by four, for no other reason than just uh, uh, the the color of that person and 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 I find I find it sad today and I find it I I, I get very angry about those kinds of of uh, uh, mistreatments of people and, and, and I don't know, I guess it's a shepherd's heart where I, I just couldn't stand to see somebody in our church family and all of you are family and, and I don't care what color you are and I just couldn't stand to watch somebody be violently treated like that and not be able or not do something about it. 
I'm not going to be the guy standing there videoing it while you lose your life. Somebody needs to stand up and do something about it. And, and, and so, uh, and, and I'll tell you, that's the, that's the whole reason that, that uh, whether, whether you think about concealed carry and, uh, and about defending yourself, then I, I don't conceal carry that, yeah, here it is, all on the news, right? But I don't conceal carry to protect myself. I could care less. Honestly, I could. I'll fly away. I'll be in heaven, praise the Lord. But don't think that if I drive into the Walmart parking lot, which probably isn't going to happen, but if I do drive into the Walmart parking lot, you know that it's probably to get worms and uh, night crawlers to go fishing, but I will be armed. And if I see you beating the crud out of somebody in the parking lot, then uh, not you, but if one of you are getting the crud beat out of you in the parking lot, I'll do everything I can to save you. And sometimes you have to meet evil with power. And, and, you, and it's the good. Do, do we not realize that, the, and it tells, and I'm sorry, this is why I never get through Psalm 37, I guess. But <clears throat> it tells us when Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, and he told them and he prepared them for the rapture of the church, and it was there that he said, then that that which restrains evil will be gone. It's the Holy Spirit that restrains evil. The Holy Spirit isn't some mystical force that's floating through the air. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity that is indwelling in the life of every believer, and God uses the life of every believer to restrain evil. And so it is our responsibility not to cave as cowards to that which is evil, and it's not our job to get up and apologize for the evil that's going on in this world, but it is our job as believers, and, and it's sure my calling as a pastor to stand up and say, you need to stand for that which is good. You need to stand for that which is honorable. You need to stand for that which is God-fearing and, and, and truly that what God wants in our lives through the Word of God, and we need to stand according to that and be brave in doing so. And it's an atrocity in our country to say that, that, that we're to just let evil be rampant and, and we as some limp-wristed lollipop preacher get up here and apologize for all of these things that are going on instead preach the word and be brave at it and, and, to, and to love people and take them where they are and help them to get to where they need to be and, and sacrifice your life for that. Nothing better. Nothing better than giving your life to Christ and, and serving Him with all of your heart and, 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 the, and, the, and the joy that, that comes from that. I know you can think, well, you don't look very joyful. You know, my honorary son, Thane, has way too much time on his hands. And he was watching the live stream Wednesday and he froze a picture of me and sent it to our family. Thane, if you're watching... Your ordination council is in two weeks. We can be friends or we can be enemies. I just hate the devil. I hate the devil's system. I hate the chaos that's going on around us. And, and I hate the thought that, that our society and I'd hate the thought that our community would think that we're that we're racist. Look, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your walk of life is. We've said this over and over and over, that the ground is level at the cross. And oh, how we need to understand and realize that. And, and if somebody comes in here to do violence against us for that, then just understand that this is not one church where everybody's going to crawl under their seat and suck on their thumb. And so be prepared to be met be, be prepared to meet God because we'll make sure that you don't walk out of here. Don't hurt our people. Leave us alone. We need to continue to stand for the truth of God's word. And so he goes on, and that's the political jargon of the day, okay? I just, uh, it just saddens me to watch what our, what our country has gotten to.
And it just seems like there's some that want to make us into a third world country and, and uh, just take away the, the very liberties. And, and, I, and I want you to know that, that what's going on with, with this racism ploy, and, and we do know who's behind this, and no, I'm not talking about George Soros or whoever else. Yeah, I, yeah that's another thought. But anyway, um, I think our country gives him way too much credit. I mean, first of all, he's about 90, 100 years old. And, and so his arteries have probably hardened to the point where he's probably not thinking real clearly anyway. And so it's probably not George that's behind this. So get, get rid of the thought that it's some guy and realize that the one that's behind this is the devil himself. And it is ungodly what's going on. And it's unrighteous in what's going on. And it's devilish in in what's going on and it's a spiritual battle that that's what's going on and 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 we need to realize that and and we need to do battle in the in understanding that that the way that you defeat something on that spiritual side is through the spiritual battle and the spiritual armor that God gives us and and how we need to walk in the power of God and and walk in his love and walk in his light and and, and be forceful and 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 bold and courageous and in the truth of what God's Word says, it is the only thing that's ever going to change this. Is God changing their hearts? And so, and I praise the Lord that we have a country that gives us a right to preach that. But don't think that it's going to stay on that racism side, that it is going to infiltrate into the churches. And the battle is going to come here because ultimately that is the battle that Satan wants to shut. He wants to shut down all the churches. He wants to shut down those that are going to preach the word, and it's only by God's power that we do what we do. And so let's be serious about our walk, and let's be serious about our faith. Let's be serious about the truth of God's word and the application of it. Let's be used by God. Because there is coming a day when God's wrath will be seen. And here in verses 9 through 11, he gives us that promise of peace to those who wait. To those who look to God, to those that are serving him, and those that are walking with him. And and we're going to understand that this peace is a heavenly peace, is an eternal peace that probably isn't going to come while we're here on earth. That's okay. That's okay. He starts off in verse 9, and he tells us so he gives us all these 11 commands of how we as believers ought to be for because of for evildoers shall be cut off but those that wait upon the lord they shall inherit the earth do you understand there is going to come a time when there are those who work wickedness and they're going to be cast down they're going to be cut off and They're going to lose any power that they thought that they might have. I added a couple of verses. Sorry, Sharon, I didn't have these up there for you. But Psalm 27, if you could go back and and if you want to, you can follow with me on some of these. But in in, uh, Psalm 27 and verse 14, this is what it says. It says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. It goes on here in chapter 37, Psalm 37, where we were and where we are, and it says in verse 34, wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Oh, we need to understand that, yes, the wicked is going to be a part of this world, and and yes, the wicked is going to be uh, uh, an enemy against Christianity because the wicked are following their father, the devil, and then they're going to be uh, displaying that kind of characteristics in their lives. And, and we need to understand that it's not them. They're blinded by the one that's leading them and guiding them. And they, they need to know about Jesus Christ. And yes, there are going to be those that, that will turn and believe and trust in Christ. There are going to be those that won't. And, and it's those very ones that we know are, are, are the, uh, that, that will show and rebel and, and be violent against those who are believers. But 
Here it tells us that we need to understand and realize that the evildoers, those that are working this wickedness, they're going to have their day and they will be cut off. But what does he tell us over and over and over but to wait upon the Lord? Isaiah 40, it says in verse 28, Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not? Neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Oh, how hard it is to do that so often when we see all the things that are going on. And, and, and here he tells us that, that we need to wait. We need to be strong. We need to endure. And, 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 it, almost, and it has that idea of, of like a rope, and, and it's all twisted. And, and it's got all those strands together, which gives it the strength that it has. And, and you know that there are times when you use that rope and it stretches. And it stretches, and, and here, that's the very picture of the weight that we're looking at. There are times when God is stretching us, and, and there are times when we watch all of this chaos that's going on around us, and, and, we, and, we, and we see the politicians doing the things that they're doing that, that are so ungodly and, and, and so much shaking their fist against uh, uh, not only who we are as a country, but shaking their fist at the very God who created them, and and here we are, and, and we're thinking, what is it, Lord, that we can do? And God says, wait. Wait upon the Lord. Wait for Him. Wait for Him to show His mightiness and His mighty power, and, and let Him show you what, what He can do. And, and so often we're so busy in, in, in trying to refute all this junk that's going on, and, and we want to argue, and we want to debate, and all of these things, and and really, the way that we win the argument and the way that we win this debate is just preach to them Jesus. Stephen stood in front of the very council that had killed his Savior. Did he debate them over politics? No. He debated over them about the blood of Christ. And they finally got to the point where they couldn't win the argument with him, and so then they started lying against him drug him out on the street and stoned him to death. But even in all of that, Stephen says, lay not their charge against them. Oh, how careful we need to be in making sure that our anger is burning at the right person and that be the devil rather than at each other. How many relationships have been de destroyed because of stuff like this? How many families have been torn apart how many family reunions have quit meeting together because of this? Oh, how careful we need to be. And here he tells us, for the evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. I love the idea, Matthew 5 and verse 5, he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And, and so I... I you know, I've read this many times. Most of us have heard that in the Beatitudes before. And, and you ever really thought about, what does he mean by inherit the earth? My first and fleshly response would be, lock and load, and let's just wipe them out. You know, kind of that idea of kill them all and let God sort them out. And we'll live at peace. But that isn't the right attitude to have. And that isn't what he's talking about. And, and I thank God that that really he's not even talking about this earth that we are seeing today that, that he's going to talk about that we are going to inherit, but, but it is going to be a time where, where we, can you believe there is going to be a day for a thousand years where Christ is going to be the judge and Christ is going to be the king and Christ is going to rule over this very earth for a thousand years. And guess what? We get to be a part of it. We know him as our savior and we trust Him to be the Savior of us and forgiveness of our sins and 
place our faith in that work that he did upon that cross. He tells us that we'll be a part of that. Tells us in Isaiah 2, verse 1, the Lord, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. So here, Christ setting up his kingdom, and many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall, nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come ye, and let us walk in the light of the Lord." I love it. Now, we need to understand it's not going to be a perfect place yet. Here it tells us that he's going to rebuke many. There are going to be those that at the end of that thousand years are going to raise up against God himself and, and follow Satan one last time. And we're going to see that in a moment too. But, but it tells us during that thousand year reign that, that we as believers are going to be here with him and, and we are going to reign with him. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 for unto us a child is born, and unto us a, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, or of the increase of his government and peace. There shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I love it. I love that there's going to come a day when, when our Savior, this child that was born unto us, that the government shall be upon his shoulders. He's the one that is wonderful. He's the counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. And, and he is the one that it says that peace, there shall be no end. Oh, how we look forward to that. How we look forward to finally having peace. And, and, and here there will be those that, that want to bring an uprising against him. And he will squelch it immediately. And for a thousand years here upon this earth, along with those that are believers reigning with him, we'll see as close as it can be a perfect world here in this world for a thousand years. Oh, how we desire that. How we look forward to that. How we get out of this mess that we're in today. How we can get rid of this. I, I, I hate the idea, and, and, and Dusty, you and Jordan haven't helped me much with this when I go riding with you guys because you guys really see kind of the bad side of society a lot of times. And you get treated in, in a way that shouldn't be, you shouldn't be treated that way. And look, I know there are, there are bad cops out there just like there are bad preachers and, and there are bad everybody that's out there. But for the majority, they're there to be a help and, and to help in society and protect and to serve. And, and I know that our guys are good guys. And we're here to protect you and help you. And all you got to do is ask. And we're there to help you and protect you also from all this wickedness. And now I look forward to the day when we won't have to have those police officers any longer because the ever-watchful eye of God himself will be watching. It says in chapter 11 of Isaiah, verse 1, There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Anybody know who they're talking about? Jesus. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid. And the calf and the young lion, the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. 
and the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Lord, we look forward to the day when we will see true and righteous judgment. Lord, we look forward to the day when we don't have to deal with false accusations and we don't have to deal with hatred. We don't have to deal with racism and and we don't have to deal with with the rioting and the unhappiness and, and just the anger that's in this world. And Lord, we truly look forward to that day when when you will stand and and you will judge those who are the evildoers and that you will bring us to a time of peace. Oh, how we long for the peace. How we long to be able to just lay down our head on the pillow and and, and, and truly just be be blessed in in seeing the goodness of of things in our society and and, and to see how how pleasant things are and to to go out and to talk to someone on the street and they're they're not looking at you like, what's your problem, you know, why are you talking to me, what is it you want, or what's your motives, or or you can actually just be kind and considerate and and wanting nothing for it. Go try that. You want to make people uncomfortable, just go out and be nice. It makes people uncomfortable. They're not used to it any longer. Oh, how we need to get back to that. And then he goes on and he says, For yet a little while. So I ask for yet a little while. And what, what's a little while to us? I mean, it kind of depends. Um, like lunch. My wife says, well, it'd be in a little while. Well, how long is that? Am I going to die of starvation by the time that little while is over? Or, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, who knows? You know, I remember as a kid, we'd be sitting on a tree stand and waiting for, for a deer. And, and this mosquito is the most bloodthirsty mosquito in all the country is trying to suck all my blood out. And how long are we going to sit here? Well, just for a little while longer. That could be a miserable time. So you can think, when I think about a little while, it's just not very long. But how is it with an eternal God that never looks at a watch, never gives any thought to time, never gives any thought to days, or what do you measure it to when you're eternal? But all I can say is there is coming a day. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. It'll be nothing. Nothing. You know, God tells us all through the Scripture about the judgment of the wicked in Psalm 9 and verse 5, and then also in verse 17. Verse 5 says, Thou hast rebuked the heathen, Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. Verse 17 of Psalm 9. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. You go on over to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 33. And it says, The curse of the Lord is the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. Proverbs 17, 15. He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just Even they both are abomination to the Lord. Proverbs 18 and verse 5. It is not good to accept the person of the wicked, to overthrow the righteous in judgment. Isaiah 13 verse 11. And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Isaiah 48 verse 22. There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. Isaiah 57, 20 and 21. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up and uh, cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith thy God, to the wicked. Jeremiah 25, verse 31. A noise shall come even to the ends of the earth. For the Lord hath a controversy with the nations. He will plead with all flesh. He will give them that are wicked to the sword, saith the Lord. 
Oh, there is coming a day when the wicked is going to be judged. There's going to come a day when every knee is going to bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's going to come a day when His righteousness is going to be seen by everybody in all of the world and, and even the dead that are, that are dead in Christ. They're going to rise and they're going to see the righteousness of God and, and there are those that are alive today that, that are going to see the righteousness of God. There are those who are already in heaven that are going to see the righteousness of God. There are those that have died without Jesus Christ and they're going to come and they're going to see the righteousness of God and there are those who are going to die in their sin and their unbelief and they're going to be cast into the throne into the lake of fire by the very throne of God and Jesus is the one that's going to do that and everybody is going to see the righteousness of our God and the righteousness of our Savior and are you ready for that? Do you know that God is not mocked? Do you know that you think you can go and you can live in your sin and all is going to be okay and that I can come in and I can ask God to forgive us and, and, and you think that I can take your burden of your sin? I can't do it. You need to ask God for forgiveness in your own life. You need to come to Him humbly with an open heart and a transparent heart and be true to Him, who you are. You ask Him to be your Savior and forgive you of your sins. And by faith, when you ask Him, the God of gods, Lord of lords, King of kings, the wonderful, the counselor, the almighty God, you come to Him and you are true with Him and ask Him to be your Savior, He'll come into your heart and be your Savior for no other reason than that He loves you and He forgives you. Our world is going to face a horrible judgment. Those of our loved ones who do not trust Christ as their Savior are going to face a horrible judgment. Know how we don't want to see that. Oh, how we don't want to see that happen. Turn over to Revelation 19. Revelation 19, and this is one is rather long, but I want you to read, I want you to read this with me. Pay attention to what it says, and you believe God's word is true, and I do believe God's word is true. I believe every jot and every tittle, I believe every preposition is is God inspired and is God's word and and every bit of it is going to be fulfilled as God has promised that it will and and it tells us here in Revelation 19 and and we're coming to the end of the tribulation period and and we're coming to a time where where if we think it's bad now and and look there you know there are people that I see on on social media today that have all of a sudden become pretty religious and and they become quite the theologians and and you never saw them mention God ever, and now all of a sudden they're talking about the last of days, and, and maybe it is something that they need to talk about because you need to realize that it's real and that these things are going to happen, and, and everybody keeps saying, well, we don't know if this is it or not. Okay, maybe we don't know if this is it, but it could be. This could be the end of it here, and this could be the introduction of the great tribulation as soon as we're out of here. It all starts and how wicked it's going to get. And we think it's bad now. You just wait until what you see going on in Seattle, which is an atrocity and, and, and a stomp upon the flag of America and, 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 and such a... <clears throat> the governor and the mayor should be out of office today in the state of Washington. And they should be in prison for the idiotic behavior that they're showing by letting someone come in as a terrorist and set up their own country inside the United States of America. The wickedness will fall. Revelation 19.11, the end of the tribulation period, you know, there's going to be a time, and I've said this many times, but we had a little bit of hail this week out there in Brush, just pea-sized, so it wasn't bad, but still stings if you're out in it. We were in Iowa. We, we were coming home, actually. We were on an I-80 coming home one time. We were somewhere over in western Iowa. I don't remember, where, you know, out there in between Des Moines and, and, and Omaha and that area, Council Bluffs and that area, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And, and, and I'm driving along. 
And all of a sudden, I heard a boom. I'm like, what in the world was that? We had hail the size of baseballs. And, I mean, not very many of them. Every once in a while, you'd see one come down, boom, you know, and, and just explode like a grenade. Well, I, I hightailed it for the, the next uh, uh, cutoff and got off and whipped up underneath the gas station where everybody else was at. And, and, and I'm, I mean, it was, it was eerie. And I remember this guy pulls up and he gets as far under there as he can, but the back of his car couldn't get, un, get under there. And, and his wife was too big of a chicken to get out of the car and get in the building. And she was under the roof, you know, but she's in the car. And, and one of those came down and just blew up that back window. I mean, just exploded. We're inside the building, and we could hear her, and she wasn't very happy. As a matter of fact, she was quite distraught and screaming like a banshee. And if you don't know what a banshee is, look it up. So, so they run out there to, and, and I don't know what this guy's thinking, but he and another guy run out there, and they're trying to put a garbage bag over the back window, and one of those guys gets whacked on the arm. Well, needless to say, he thought that was a dumb idea to try to put the bag on, and he comes back in whimpering and crying. And I don't know if it broke his arm or not, but if it hit him in the head, it probably killed him. And, and I thought, that, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I saw it. I saw a, a, a guy's, he had a brand-new Buick, and it, it went through the hood of the car. I mean, it knocked a hole in the hood of the car. I mean, that was wicked, Right? And those are the size of a baseball. Do you know in Revelation that it tells us there will be hailstones 100 pounds? 100 pounds. It says that people will hide in caves to get away from them. They will beg and ask God to kill them. And God will not let them die. The righteous judgment of God will be a terrifying place to be. God is giving us a warning in our country. God is giving us a warning because it tells us in first it tells us in one of the Peter's epistles that where does judgment start? In the house of God. He's telling us as believers that we first of all as believers need to get our hearts right with God and quit playing games and be serious about serving God because his wrath is coming. And his wrath is going to be devastating. And it tells us at the end of that seven years, and, and really the only three and a half years is truly going to be wild and crazy. And, and in three and a half years, we're, we're going to see that, that I, I believe it's two-thirds of the population of the world is gone. One stroke of his angels and a third of the population is wiped out. And it says at the end of this that I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. He that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And, and here, who's the Word of God? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ Himself is the Word of God. Jesus is upon the horse, and, and here He is. And, and it tells us that the armies which were in heaven, guess who that is? That's those who are believers are going to be coming with Him, and, and they're going to be riding with Him. And out of His mouth goeth a sharp sword, and that with it He shall smite the nations, He shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together into the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men, flesh of horses and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great." And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army and the, pre and the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him 
which, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast. And them that worshipped his image, these both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceedeth out of his mouth. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should uh, deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath a part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. He shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as, as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about. And the beloved city and the fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Do you realize that that place that he's talking about, the, the, the place of lake of fire and of brimstone, do you realize that that was made for the devil and his angels and it wasn't made for people? Do you understand that God has said that, oh, how he wishes that everyone would trust him as their savior and come to that repentance and, and, and trust him and live for him. And Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of everybody in this world. And he wants everybody to come to him and to trust him. But here we see that there are going to be those that aren't going to do that. And here it shows us that they're going to go to the very place that was designed for the devil. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it and from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Here we see their works are going to show their unbelief, their distrust, them not receiving Christ as their Savior. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And so now when I give thought to this, and we go back to Psalm 37, and here it says, For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be, yea, thou, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. Oh, I, there are many times when I thought, oh God, just bring it. And let's just be done with this and let's see the rapture come and, and let's be done with all of the, the, the craziness that's going on in this world. And, and I'm so sick and tired of people like Pelosi shaking her hand at God and saying that everything is okay. And I'm sick and tired of, of Republicans that are lying and cheating and, and all they want to do is rule the people out here. And God, I'm so tired of, of those that are preachers that are that are preaching some prosperity gospel and, and not preaching the truth of the, of, of the bloodshed uh, of Jesus Christ and the power to save. And I'm so tired of our churches being so limp-wristed that all they're doing today is being some social program and apologizing for racism and, and whatever else that the public wants them to do and, and saying that all this sin is okay. God, I'm so tired of all of this and I just want it to be gone. But then I think and I, and I look at this and I think, God, maybe this isn't it. You know, when I think about your wrath and I think about how horrible it is and, and maybe we ought to be more like Moses and, and there were times when Moses would say, oh God, I'm so tired of these people and God says, get out of the way, Moses, and I'm going to wipe them out and I'll just start off with you. And then Moses remembers the very wrath of God and just a little flicker of it that he's seen and he's like, oh God, no, 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 don't do that to the people. No, don't let them see that kind of wrath. Jeremiah saw the same thing and, and begged and pleaded and said it's only by his compassions and, 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 and here that, that, he, that he doesn't just destroy us. 
David so often saw that very same thing. And, and there were times when, when he called back that and, and repented of those things. And maybe that's what we ought to do. I know it is in my own heart because I get to the point where just wipe them out, God, I'm done with this. But God is saying, oh, just one more. Just one more can come to me and truly enjoy the peace, the peace that I give. I got to rewire my thinking. I got to quit getting so angry at these characters and just get angry at the one who blinds them and do everything I can in the power that God has given me through His might to tell people the truth that Jesus saves, that Jesus is the answer. That Jesus is peace. I've forgotten that. And our country is in such a mess because we as preachers have forgotten that. Lord, help us all. Because he says in verse 11, but the meek shall inherit the earth. I've already dealt with that and see and understand that. Do you understand we can be meek because we know that we're an heir with Christ? He tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 21 through 23, Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or, or life or death or things to come or things present or things to come, all are yours. And you're Christ and Christ is God's. We can be meek in a crazy world because we have everything that truly matters in eternity and not only will we inherit the earth but shall delight themselves and that 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 delight it, it it's a it's a special picture word of of an exquisite delight and, and it would be kind of like god preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies and the table that he sets in front of you is of the finest silk table covering. Covering over the most beautiful table that would ever be made. And on it would be the finest of dinnerware, whatever it may be. And tells us that Solomon had all of his utensils were gold in the temple. Isn't that amazing? So whether it be gold or something else, but finest of china and finest of drinkware. He's going to sit you down and you're going to have a beautiful dinner with your Savior. That's the picture of this kind of delight. And you will delight themselves. And you, do you know what the main course is? The abundance of peace. The abundance of peace. John has been kind enough to uh, give me a place of uh, respite, you might say, where I can go and sit on that bank and just hear the water. <clears throat> and it has been such a saving grace through all this mess. Just be able to go up there and sit. You know what I love about it? He has some other friends that come up. Some are here today. All different walks. And it's just peaceful. Just kind to each other. I was up there the other night. 
Just went up there to get away for just an hour or so. They were having a fish fry. I got to go home fed. Just through friendship, through the fish, and just a place to be. You know what I picture? I would love to picture our world like that. And I don't know that it can ever get back to that. Except God do it. But I'm coming to realize that the way that God's going to do that is through us. Look, if we as believers can't be at peace, then who will be? Who will be? It's only through this. The meek shall inherit the earth. Don't, don't misinterpret meek. It doesn't mean that the white guy put a chain around his neck and asked for forgiveness for something he didn't do. That's devilish. But be meek, poor, afflicted, humble, very opposite disposition than one who's high-minded, quarrelsome, and revengeful in spirit. And delight yourself in an abundance of peace. Look, pretty heavy message today. The people that are not experiencing this kind of peace because they've never made peace with God need to hear the truth. We don't need to sugarcoat it because when God's judgment comes, there will be no sugarcoating. And when the trumpet sounds, there is no turning back. And your loved ones, let's get serious. Let's get serious about who God is and what he wants from us. I, had a, I wouldn't say he was a friend. He went to the same school I did. I've, I've known him just because of the circles, but he graduated a couple years after we did. We left Ambassador, but 50 years old. Preaching at a Christian camp this week. Had been doing the games with the kids in the afternoon. You guys that go to camp, you know. And, and after they had done all the games, he went in to, to rest for a little while and get ready for the evening service, laid down on the bed, and walked into glory. 50 years old. Ireland, you remind me. Just because we're young doesn't mean that we take our life for granted, do we? What are we doing with our lives? Let's make a difference. Our country needs us to be what we need to be. Let's be serious about serving him. And let us enjoy the abundance of peace. The fine dining, the main course of what God wants for his people peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word today. And Father, I thank you for the warnings that you give us, and this is a warning as we look at our country, and we see the disaster that it is. And Father, we, I can't say that we need you more now than ever because we need you all the time. But Father, I do believe we need our churches. We need those that are saints today, those that know Christ as our Savior. We need them to be bold and courageous. We need them to love the people that right now that so many people hate and help us love them on both sides. Politics has nothing with this. 
It's about the souls of men. Help us, Lord, to be courageous in telling them the truth. And Father, I pray, there's someone here that's never made peace with God. Today, now, they'd realize that Jesus is the one that bridges that gap. And that they need to place their faith in Christ. And that, Father, you will hear their cry. And that you will save them. And I pray that you'll help us as believers. Help us to cast these burdens upon you. Help us to cast the anger. Help us to cast the anxieties, the stress, all other, whatever it is that is hindering us. I pray that you help us cast that upon you at this time. Guide us, Lord, and use us. Bless us, Lord, as we follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.